Hey, we're Todd and Kristen. Join us as we learn to become fearless in love. Welcome to the Fearless in Love podcast. We're so glad that you have joined us. And Kristen was solo last week. I was a little under the weather. Yes, yes. I am so excited to have you back. Yay. I love hearing your voice. Well, I'm glad to be back. And you did a great job (laughs) last week and talking about just how our bodies are made for God glorification, Mm -hmm. not self gratification, I think was the phrase that you talked about. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's going to go along really well with with what we're going to be talking about today. And for those of you who have not been following along, what we are doing right now is a survey of the Bible to see where the phrase one flesh or the two shall become one Mm -hmm. is present. Mm -hmm. And the first week we talked about at the end of Genesis 2, the end of the creation account, uh, there was the first time that we see this, and it was the, really the first marriage ceremony, and God brought this newly created man and woman together and said, for this reason, they're going to leave their father and mother and be joined together, and that they'll become one flesh. And then we see the original state that was intended for that one flesh connection in covenant relationship between husband and wife in the very last line of the creation account where it says, and the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Mm -hmm. And so that was the original design that one flesh would result in being able to be naked and unashamed. That was kind of the original state. Mm -hmm. Then the next week we talked about Mark 10 and Matthew 19, we kind of focused on the Mark 10 verse, but where the Pharisees were questioning Jesus about divorce. And they were saying that, you know, Moses said that we could get divorced, he could give a certificate of divorce. And what do you say? And Jesus says, well, let's look back to the beginning. And he said, what God has joined together as one flesh, let man not separate. And he directed them back to the beginning and said, look at what God's original design was for marriage and for one flesh. Mm -hmm. And in doing that, he, he made clear that God designed marriage to have a permanence. Mm -hmm. And Kristen did a really good job of talking about how actually our bodies and the way our bodies are designed, that when two people come together sexually, there are chemical reactions and hormone releases and all these things that go on in our bodies where our bodies actually speak that there's an intent for permanence. Like our bodies actually say There's something in this that is designed to connect us together forever. That's right. So really fascinating. Mm -hmm. And then this week, we are going to look at the next place where we see the reference to one flesh. And actually, we're going to take 
I'm not sure how long. We'll just see how it plays out. But we're going to take a little bit of time here, multiple weeks, and unpack this next section of Scripture, which is in 1 Corinthians 6. And uh, before I do that, I also want to just make reference back to what Kristen was talking about last week, which, as I said, she you know, had that phrase that our bodies are made for God glorification, not self-gratification. And she made reference to something called theology of the body. And my guess is that many of you who are listening have no idea what the theology of the body is. You might, some might, but I'm guessing a lot of you didn't because I had no idea what that was for a, for a long time. And we actually got introduced to it a, a number of years ago. And it was, it's really fascinating. So I'm just, I'll just give you a quick description of what the theology of the body is and why it's relevant to the conversations that we're having now. So there was a priest, uh, a Polish priest, and in the 1960s, I think, that uh, had dedicated a good part of his ministry to scouring the scriptures to gain a better understanding of how the Bible talks about sexuality, how the Bible talks about marriage, how all of it kind of fits together in God's design. And he wrote a manuscript that kind of was the culmination of all of the years of research and study that he did. And he wrote at the top of that, he called it theology of the body. And it was in a form, as I understand it, that was about ready to be published in Poland. And then something happened that I think was unexpected to him from what it sounds like. And that is he became Pope John Paul II. And he was the first non-Italian Pope in over 400 years. And what was fascinating to me was, well, first of all, this is a Catholic priest, so obviously not married. And he had dedicated all that time to trying to understand, like, what do our bodies mean? Like, what does sexuality mean? What does marriage mean? And so when he became Pope, he actually spent, I think it was like six years, in his weekly addresses to the Catholic Church, unpacking that manuscript that he had written and called Theology of the Body. And it is really, I mean, it's really dense. It's very scholarly, you know, very uh-huh. theological. And it's, uh, it's, it's difficult to, to decipher. I mean, you have to really, really study it to understand it. And there was a guy named Christopher West who was, uh, his story is he grew up Catholic and then went to college and uh, through Protestant evangelical influence, church influence, actually had a, a conversion. He said interior conversion to Christ. And as part of the things that he was struggling with, both with the church and with the things that were going on just in his own heart, in his own life, it's not like he was really struggling with the idea of how to reconcile the Bible, the teachings of the church, 
and the things that were going on in his body uh, that that caused him to struggle in his sexuality, struggle in relationship, just all of those things. And so uh, he he basically was coming to have had a, essentially a crisis of faith. And he says in a book that uh, I, I really do recommend. It's a book that he wrote. Uh, primarily to the Protestant church, the the evangelical church. Uh, it's called Our Bodies Tell God's Story. So he's kind of summarizing the theology of the body in a more, much more easily understandable way uh, to people like you and me and most of the listeners probably to this podcast, asking a lot of the same questions as what we are asking. And so he said that he, in his college dorm room in 1988, kind of let out this desperate prayer and cry to God that said, God in heaven, if you exist, you better show me. And you better show me what this whole sex thing is all about and why you gave me all these desires, because they're getting me and everybody I know into a lot of trouble. What is your plan? Do you have a plan? Show me, please show me. So he prayed this prayer. And then he shortly after praying that prayer, discovered the, the teachings of the theology of the body and really realized like that was his call. And so he has spent his whole life from that point forward, basically trying to help people understand all of these things. And so it's a really interesting read. Like I said, the title of the book is Our Bodies Tell God's Story by Christopher West. And if you're curious about this, I encourage you to read it. And it's really, it really is interesting. Yes. <laughs> and I think for both Kristen and I, it was one of the things that started to help us shift the way that we saw each other, the way we saw our bodies, the way we saw sexuality, the way we saw, you know, the relationship between you know, our sexuality and our faith. And, and so it just was one of the tools that God used to really help us begin to form really a different view of all of those things. Yes. The amount of times we said, wow, <laughs> wow. While we were reading that, you know, it was just, it's completely, it's just beautifully mind blowing and scriptural and just beautiful truth. So yeah. I would it, definitely encourage people to dig in. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And so I think where we're headed today is we're going to begin to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Kristen's going to read some verses from that. And it's the next time that the idea of two becoming one flesh is mentioned in scripture. Mm-hmm. And this is the Apostle Paul. He is teaching, he is writing a letter actually to the church in Corinth. And he's addressing a number of things that were present. And I think every time we're reading the letters that are the epistles, you know, the letters that were written to the churches, uh, it's important to remember that they were written to a particular audience at a particular time dealing with particular issues Mm -hmm. that were present in that church. But then they also have broader application, obviously, Mm -hmm. for us today. Mm -hmm. But they were, you know, always written to 
a specific group of people that we're dealing with a specific group of things. So it's always important to kind of remember that context when we are studying the epistles, the letters. So, so Kristen, why don't we start, why don't you read the, the verses and then we'll uh, kind of start back at the beginning of what you read and begin to break it down. Okay. So 1 Corinthians 6, and this is starting in verse, in the middle of verse 13. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall then, shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body. But the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Yes, thank you. So, as Kristen read that, you know, halfway through it, Paul says, "For as it is written, the two will become one flesh." So he's kind of like Jesus said to the Pharisees, "Look back to the beginning." Paul is saying the same thing here, kind of look back to the beginning. For it is written, he's referring back mm-hmm. to Genesis two. And if you observed as she read that, there were three different places where Paul said, or do you not know? And we found that interesting that each time that he said that, it was followed by something that related to our bodies. Mm -hmm. And so what we're going to do is, like I said, over the next few episodes, we're going to take those, or do you not know, statements and try to discern like what was Paul really teaching us in that? What was he trying to help us understand? Because we can look at those, which I did for a long time, and think that the tone of that was very mm, almost condescending is probably not the right word, but but very just stern and like, don't you know? I mean, come on, people. Don't you know that this is the truth? And and, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times that's how when we hear teaching around sexuality within the church, a lot of times that is the tone that is taken. And that's probably, honestly, why I like felt that that was probably the tone. And I think that's unfortunate because the more I process this, we process this, the more I think we realize that that probably wasn't his tone. It's probably more of a fatherly tone, more of a, oh, don't you know? Like, oh man, I really wish you knew this because if you knew it, 
you would be thinking differently. Right. You would be acting differently because you would understand the why. You right. would understand the purpose. Yes. It's not just a a list of no's. He's right. saying, like, it's because it matters. Right. Because your body matters. And so yes. that's really, this, what we want to talk about today is really that mm-hmm. our bodies matter. They matter to us individually. They matter to each other. And they matter to God. You know, our bodies matter. Amen. So we see that in just the very beginning of what Kristen read. This is First uh, Corinthians six, and it uh, really kind of starts in the middle of verse thirteen. But it says, "The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body." So just starting there. The body is not meant for sexual immorality. And that kind of begs the question, I think, of first, what is sexual immorality? Mm-hmm. And that's a really hard question and a really hard thing, especially in our culture right now, to talk about. It's it's a difficult thing. It's a difficult thing to talk about. And as we reflected on that and thought about, well, what do we want to, like, how do we want to convey that? I, I want to convey it in a more positive sense than, it, than in a list of these are all the things you can't do that constitute sexual immorality. And so I think that was what we felt like was our heart in all of this. And honestly, I don't know, but I, the more I've studied this, the more I think maybe that was Paul's heart as well as he was teaching on this. You know, it was, it was, he was trying to help people understand that there is something behind all of this mm-hmm. that's super powerful. Right. Yes. And if you just understand it, right. then it will like, change everything. It'll change everything. And you're not, you're not even going to have the desire to do things that are contrary to like what the spirit is, is telling you mm-hmm. because you understand why. Yeah. And so, as I thought here about, okay, what is sexual immorality? And the thought that I had was, it's anything that does not reflect the divine mystery. And if you have listened to earlier episodes, particularly, I would direct you back to episode four, which is God's design for sex. We talked uh, about that divine mystery. And what I'm referring to comes from Ephesians 5, which we're going to be going back to here in a few weeks to unpack that because that's the, the, the last time that we see the idea of one flesh used. And when we go back and look at Ephesians 5, 31 and 32, we see the same quote uh, from Genesis, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And then Paul says, this mystery is profound, and I'm saying it refers to Christ and the church. So he's saying, hey, there is something to this one flesh connection that is actually more than just physical connection. Mm -hmm. There's a spiritual component to it, and there's actually something that is part of the much bigger picture of the relationship between Christ and all of us as his church. Mm -hmm. And so... I'm not going to go into all of that now. I'll direct you back to episode four, 
uh, and or wait a couple weeks, and we're going to dive into it, you know, much more in when we get to Ephesians. But the idea is that sexual immorality is anything that is not is inconsistent with the picture of what our one flesh connection would look like if it were imaging or representing or a picture of the relationship between Christ and the church. So chew on that a little bit. <laughs> like, what does that mean to you? It's, it's a, it is a very, and that, then again, this theology, the body, the, the book that I mentioned, uh, all of that goes into that in a much, much greater detail. And so it's something you can start down this path of trying to understand and learn. And I think what's really cool is, you know, Paul said, it's a mystery. Mm-hmm. It is a divine mystery, which means that we are never probably going to fully understand it on this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. But yet it's something that also the more we understand, the more we learn, the more just power that comes from it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so if we think about that, that there is this divine mystery that one flesh means something more than just physical connection, it helps then to, to be able to see, hmm, our bodies have a meaning. Our bodies have significance beyond just, um, you know, just this temporal thing that we have while we're on, while we're alive on earth. And so, so Paul had said, you know, the body is not meant for sexual immorality. So if it's not meant for sexual immorality, what is it meant for? And he says, it's meant for the Lord. So our bodies are meant for the Lord. And that's also something that if you really think about that, like what, what does that mean to you? And I'll just ask you that question if you're, those of you who are listening, like what does it mean to you when you think about your body is for the Lord? And I think for Kristen and I, you know, that was something that as we, over a, a long period of time here, as we have processed that more and more, we've understood more and more that our bodies really do have tremendous value both to the Lord and to each other. And it wasn't always that way. I don't think we always had that mindset of an understanding of the value and significance of our bodies. And so, I mean, Kristen, what, like, as I say that, what would you, how would you describe you know, maybe what your relationship with your body was like and how it's changed as you've understood these teachings. As I look back when I was younger, I feel like, thankfully, I mean, I'm so grateful that I feel like I've had a healthy view of my body. I guess I would say not an unhealthy view, not a battle with my body, I guess just didn't think too much about my body, which I know is kind of probably not very common, (laughs) but for whatever reason, I just didn't think too much about it. We just, we didn't talk about 
our body is much growing up. And so I just, it was just what it was. And that was all fine and good. But what I didn't have was any kind of high value of my body. I didn't see it as something powerful and miraculous and, and glorious that I'm learning it is now. Um, so I just had a, a, just, I just didn't think much about my body. And as we've gotten older, as we have walked this path and sought the Lord in it, we, uh, yes, I mean, my view has changed dramatically as far as just valuing my body and understanding my body was, I mean, God made our bodies so incredibly miraculous. Literally, our bodies can heal themselves. Our bodies are made so brilliantly the way they work together. It is, it's completely mind-blowing. And so I think I have so much more of an appreciation for my body. And not only that, but now that I begin to understand that my body, you know, and we talked about it last week, but just God made it to house the Holy Spirit, to display who he is. He came in a body to show who God is. He gave us a body to display, to be his image bearer, to display who he is. And it just, the value of my body in using my body in a way that glorifies God, that shows who he is, is just rising and rising and rising. And it's, it's, really exciting. And it makes me want to care so much more for my body, help my body to be healthy and strong. And just, it makes me realize because, so I want to be healthy and strong because I know my body is, it's powerful in showing who God is. And it's, like I said, it's miraculous. It's meant to be a gift, a gift to this world through you know, we use our, our mouths to speak words of kindness. We use our hands to make meals for people. We hug people. We, you know, there's just so many ways we, we display the love of God to people through our bodies. And not only that, but then to my husband, to you, there's this divine mystery in my body that actually is meant to point us to the gospel and show us more who Jesus is and display to one another, God's love. And so it's all, there's, it's very, very miraculous. And I think, you know, I've, I've learned about blessing my body and, and just thanking God for every single part of my body, because God made every single part with a purpose and with, with his glory in mind. And so to be able to thank him for all the parts, no matter, it doesn't matter what it looks like, doesn't matter. It's not about that. It's just about the power he's given to us to display who he is. And then it just makes me want to care for my body. So the value has, has just gone. I mean, like (laughs) it's dramatically changed for me over the years. So that's what I would say, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's really good. And I think that is a question I think for our listeners as a, as a takeaway for this time is a, a question of what is your relationship with your body? Mm-hmm. Now think about that yeah. as we kind of wrap this today and then we will come back next week. I'm going to share some of my story like Kristen just did. And then we're going to continue to go deeper into this understanding that our bodies 
have tremendous value. So hopefully you'll come back and, yes. and continue this discussion with us because I think it, it has the potential to for all of us to really just transform the way that we see our bodies, we see sexuality, we see our relationship between the our relationship with the Lord and, and our relationship with each other. It's it's a it's a powerful thing that can have the ability to just have a transformational impact on our lives, which it has on in ours. Yes, amen. So, yes. So we uh, yeah. So we look forward to <laughs> having you join us again next week. And so until then. Together, let's learn to love fearlessly. 